0: To start this game. Jeremy Lablanci and John Moraski keying off on one another. Tom Barowski is pounding away at Robinson. He said Tom Barowski. This is a guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call like it is. Moraski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in right back right, corner. Right. He's at Davidson.
1: He's at Flaws. Stu Gripson. Oh my goodness! Scott Parker for the
0: KO of Still Gripson. He- this is one of the best. Hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bennett Bush tells the linesman, "Get the heck out of my kitchen!" he right, He absolutely decked Jim Creighton with a wild right. The sheer staggered by a big left hand by Wade Gelin. Chris Nyland on a penalty shot scores. Blue guard down the wing. Bugar. it Well, so guys, five minutes deep for fighting. This should be good. This should be very good. Hello, everybody, and thank you very much for tuning in to episode number 75 of the Fight for Fighting Podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is a show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today, we got a a recurring guest, a a guy who took the league by storm in the ECHL. I interviewed him after his first career pro fight in the regular season, at least. Um, He was with the Florida Everblades and then went to the South Carolina Stingrays towards the second half of the season, and that is one Mr. Nico Blatchman. It was uh, really cool to have him on and uh, you know, after every fight, it, once we exchanged numbers after the the first time, I, I originally met him at a fan club event. And, you know, after that, after every fight, I'd sit there and I'd, you know, t- tell him, you know, good fight or good shit or whatever, whatever you want to call it. So it was a fun time interviewing Nico and we got to go over a lot of his opponents this year uh, to include, you know, the whole getting into the pregame scuffle with Travis Howe, uh, fighting Kyle Newber after they were roommates, uh, you know, the whole Jacob Panetta, Jordan Subban thing that happened earlier this year. So. Uh, We took a deep dive into this year's, uh, you know, year in review, I guess, for Nico Blatchman. And Nico is an awesome guest. And I appreciate him being patient because before that, uh, as folks know who have listened for a minute, you know, I got a new puppy. And I was going to try to record with just me and the two dogs here because, of course, our other dog, Ranger, who's older. He's, you know, six years old. So he's like autopilot, you know, you can do whatever. And cool as a cucumber. But, Old Gates, the German shorthair, man, he was wired. And he would just not let me record with Nico. So I had to wait for the wife to get home. Um, uh, so she can kind of distract him, but I was trying to record with Nico and Gates is over here, just chewing the cables, chewing, whatever, trying to chew the laptop, anything in sight. He was like a little termite. So, um, unfortunately I kept Nico for quite some time before we actually got going on recording. But, uh, you know, Nico, thank you for being patient and taking the time to sit there. And we, I mean, we bullshitted for like an hour about, you know, this season and, uh, other, other things. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Nico next season. Um, the dude, the dude's he's determined. He's already starting to do, he's already doing off ice training and on ice training, uh, edge work, stuff like that. And I mean, we're still five months out from the next ECHL season. So, um, I'm excited to see where he ends up next season. Um, because he was released by South Carolina at the end of the year, but I'm, I'm curious to see what happens and where he goes. Hopefully, he still ends up in the South Division so I can see him play. Uh, hopefully, you know, catch a game. We were going to catch some games out in Norfolk, but then the Savannah Ghost Pirates of the ECHL, tremendous fucking name. Tremendous name. I, I love, like, I know myself and Darren from the fourth line voice have said it, um, but tremendous name. Uh, for like minor league hockey teams. Like you got like the Macon Whoopie, the Danbury Trashers, and then you got the Savannah Ghost Pirates. So just tremendous stuff. Uh, but before we go any further, of course, I have to mention that the Five for Fighting podcast is a proud member of Six Pack Coverage. Six Pack Coverage is a media group out of Nashville who covers anything under the sun, whether it's sports, fitness, health, traveling, food, anything. Uh, I encourage you to check out the Six Pack Coverage website. And, you know, do some looking. They got basketball, baseball. Uh, I think they've even got some wrestling podcasts out there, so you can go check those out. And, like I said, they've got food, fitness, and health, other things like that. Uh, So I encourage you to go check out Six Pack Coverage. Of course, all the links to that will be in the description of this episode. Um, And, you know, I got to mention, the friend of the podcast, Darren over there at the Fourth Line Voice, who just had the champ on, Daniel Amesbury, the champ of the Ice Wars um, international tournament that took place. It was the fight competition that was kind of. Mimicked Prince George, but I think it it was a solid event, and I was super jealous I didn't get to go. It was up there in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago, and he had the champ Daniel Amesbury on. So I encourage you to go check that out. And not only not only that episode, but he's got a tremendous back catalog with um a bunch of different players. Whether they I mean played in the LNH, ECHL, NHL. You know you have John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedaranko, Dan Kopek, Clark Wilm. I mean, the list goes on with his podcast, so I encourage you to go check that out, and also check out his YouTube channel, uh, The Fourth Line Voice, which you can, uh, again, same thing as the podcast, has a bunch of different fights from different eras, uh, and different leagues, CHL, ECHL, UHL, IHL, doesn't matter, um, like he always says, M-O-U-S-E, um, he's got it all, so I encourage you to go check out the YouTube channel of Fourth Line Voice, Um, but yeah, so I'm not going to take up too, too much of your time here. Like I said, I apologize, uh, even though if you saw the post, I apologize that you know this episode is late getting out. As, as many of you know, typically, well, I'm back to my regular scheduling, and if I don't get a episode out on Tuesday, typically my makeup day, I always uh, slate that in for Thursday. So I apologize that this one's a little bit late getting out. Of course, this will be out tomorrow morning, which will be Thursday morning, so maybe you'll listen to this on your commute to work, but I... Um, you know, we, I, we're starting up a new job site, and so getting the ball rolling on that, it's been some later days here, uh, like I, today, I just got home, it's like, you know, I started, got to the job site at, or I, well, let's see, I left for the job site at about 6.45 this morning, and ended up working until about seven, so long days, um, but nonetheless, we'll make it happen, so I had to get out and record this real quick, but um. Another thing is, we also are. We finally got approved for a house loan, so now we're, we are house hunting. the The fun really begins now. All the hard stuff, as, as they say, the hard part is over. Now, now becomes the fun part. But if it's anything like Darren's, uh, Darren's house was up there in Saskatchewan. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much I'm gonna. I don't know how much fun we will be having here, but. Uh, no, it's exciting. So hopefully we can end up in a house and actually plant our roots and no more moving. Uh, we've been moving from apartment to apartment here and there. Um, you know, but all of it, all of it's been for a reason is to get us exactly to this point of getting a house. So, um, hopefully it'll all be worth it. I think it will be. There's actually one that we're going to hopefully go look at this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, so again, I do apologize for the late release of this episode. But again, folks, I, you know, I won't take up too much of your time, but I wanted to thank Nico Blatchman again for coming on the podcast. He's welcomed on any time. And, um, you know, hopefully I, I we said, you know, if he goes to the AHL, we got to do an AHL in review. And if he makes it to the NHL, we'll do an NHL year in review. So anytime Nico wants to come on, uh, definitely he's always welcomed here as a guest. So, um, you know. I'll, I'll pretty much wrap it up here, guys. Uh, like I said, don't want don't to get this long-winded, so I just encourage you to check out the podcast on social media. You can go on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. Just search 5 for Fighting Podcast, and it'll pull right up there. You can give it a like, give it a follow. If you go to the YouTube channel, please, it takes two seconds to press the subscribe button. I'm almost to 1,000 subscribers. Finally, I upload all the ECHL fights from this year, so if you want to check out Nico Blatchman fights, you know exactly where to go, and that is, of course, the 5 for Fighting Podcast YouTube channel. Um, like I said, we're I think we're almost at 850, so we're really buckling down. We're getting pretty close here, getting pretty close to the magic number of 1,000. So, um, and I'm still I'm still trying to I know. It's been delayed. I know I've been putting it on the backburn. I was actually going to do it up in the mountain house uh, at my parents' cabin when we were for Memorial Day, but the Wi-Fi was just too bad, and I couldn't kind of clip videos together. It was being really shitty. I was trying to get the best of the ECHL uh, fights of the year video going, but uh, unfortunately, I couldn't do it. So hopefully. Hopefully I can do it this weekend. Um, I think all we have on tap is taking taking Gates to the vet to get his get his vaccines or whatever, and then looking at a house. So hopefully after all that is said and done, I can make sure that video gets done. I'm really hoping to have that out this weekend. Um, but also do me a favor, rate and review the show whether you're on Spotify or iTunes. I don't think Google Google Podcast has a rating system. I know Spotify just implemented it, and podcast or excuse me, Apple Podcast has had it for a while, but. Uh, you don't even have to leave a review if you want if you want to comment and tell me I'm an asshole you can go ahead and do that too uh but if you uh, like the show and you enjoy the content please do me a favor uh rate and review it um you get to give it 4 stars, 1 star, whatever the case is i encourage you to please do that and it'll help uh, my show grow and go over and do that to Darren's show as well if you listen to the fourth line voice or any kind of small mom and pop podcast that you're listening to um not all of us are spitting chiclets, obviously, but you know, it's little things like that that go a long way, and it you know boosts the morale for motivation of doing this podcasting stuff to know people are actually listening out there. So please rate and review the podcast. And one last thing I want to mention as well is I want to give a shout-out to Brian Stone Photography. He is the team photographer of the South Carolina Stingrays, who, uh, if you have seen the podcast art that I kind of do for episodes, it typically won't pop up in the media player, but it's like, you know, when promoting the show, um, he allowed me to use the pictures he took for the South Carolina Stingrays of Nico Blatchman this year. So quick shout-out to Brian Stone Photography. I appreciate you allowing me to use that. So go check out his Facebook page and his Instagram. Uh, Again, that's Brian Stone Photography to go check that out. And I will also just link the uh, the Facebook page and the Instagram down below in this episode as well. So with that out of the way, folks, I've almost kept you for 10 minutes here. 10 minutes too long, if you ask me. Let's pass it over to Nico Blatchman. Thanks again, Nico, for coming on the podcast. You're fucking awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing you seeing you throw down next season and looking to see what Nico Blatchman brings to the ECHL. So without further ado, folks, here is Nico Blatchman. Hope you guys enjoy. This should be good. This should be good. All right folks, here today we have a returning guest. I interviewed him earlier on in the season. He took the league by storm this year, fighting anybody and everybody. That is none other than Nico Blatchman. Nico, how you doing today, bud?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me back on. I'm happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Now, we've been bullshitting here for quite a bit. I was waiting for the wife to come home. As everybody knows, the, uh, gates, the puppy is not uh, what you'd call too friendly during the podcast. Likes to chew the cords and everything like that. So I uh, had to wait a little bit, but I appreciate you you know, head, uh, sitting tight for me. Um, but we'll kind of get into it. So those who have listened before, you know I interviewed Nico at the very beginning of the season. Um, I think it was just after your first fight with Orderbody, who, of course, Chris Orderbody was uh, last week's guest uh, on the show, um, and we were gonna kind to do—we planned it—we were gonna do a season review after the year. So here we are, your first year pro. Um, well, how, how, first off, how'd you like playing in the coast this year?
1: I loved it. I loved it. Um, it was my goal. My goal was to play in the coast this year, so um, I'm really happy that I was able to. Uh, accomplished that goal and uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah. Loved it.
0: Yeah. Well, you actually ended up, I mean, talk about making a big splash. You tied the league and uh, the fight totals uh, for the highest amount of fights. I think it was you and Josh thrower were both there with 11. Of course, as everybody knows the ECHL and their, uh, their odd 10 fight rule kind of inhibit guys once they get up to a certain point in fights, but you managed to squeak another one out there, maybe get a little bit of a suspension in there, but it's all part of the role. Um, You know, how how do you feel you did overall, uh, for your first year in terms of fighting?
1: Um, I think I did well. I think, uh, for me, um, I believe the goal is always to get better, uh, every day, get better, like no matter what you do. So, uh, this season, uh, fighting was basically my whole role. And I think, uh, I got better as the season went on, which is, uh, what I'm really happy about. I think, uh, you can if you can get better at what you do uh then you should be really happy
0: (laughs) yeah no for sure man it seemed like uh and I think I mentioned this before it was like after your first four fights well it didn't help that you were fighting like top dogs in the league man you you're going you know Travis Howe uh Josh Thrower guys like that so I mean talk about diving into the deep end these guys are really established in the role and kind of know what they're know what they're doing they've been around the block a couple times and um, you know was it was a little bit different coming out swinging compared to maybe guys you fought in the queue
1: no it wasn't it was very similar for me it was something about i i truly believe that i could fight any heavyweight in any league like ECHL, hl nhl LNAH, whatever it may be uh and i knew that nobody else believed that because if you look at me like you shouldn't believe it but so for me it was really just out to prove to people that i can do this in at this level so um that's why i dove into the the deep end like the the heavyweights like i don't get excitement out of fighting a guy that's my size or smaller than me like the excitement is there for those big guys the guys that have a name you know i want to be on their fight card and i want to do well against those guys and i want to let them know i'm coming back too if i don't do well or even if I do do well. So for me, it was, uh, I wanted to prove that I could, that I could go with these guys with the top dogs. And, um, I think I did do that. Um, also, also it was my goal to, like I said earlier, get better, um, and not lose fights. So, uh, (laughs) I think at the beginning, like you said, uh, a lot of them didn't go my way. And then as the season went on, um, I got to see the video, what I did wrong, uh, what i could do better what i could do for certain guys and then also your videos of the other guys that are fighting that i'm going to play against help me because i got to see their tendencies and what they like to do and um i could capitalize on that
0: right i, I love to hear that guys actually like appreciate the videos and like players themselves actually sit back and kind of watch them because uh you're able to do kind of homework and uh you know i guess it's a little bit easily more accessible on youtube than having to kind of track down some game film which i'm sure all your coaches have and stuff like that but um you know makes it easier just to go straight to the fight hopefully um but you know your your first uh your first fight was versus chris order which we uh we covered that and order talked about it too and he, he couldn't believe your resilience of you kind of getting back up after he hit you with the good one there and uh you know, he, he said you're known to uh, maybe beak, beak some guys here and there and maybe get in their heads a little bit in the locker room. Is that something you really enjoy doing?
1: Yeah, that's uh, – <laughs> I mean, we were talking about that a little bit before we hopped on. That's kind of uh, why I was able to fight so many guys, to be honest. Um, I didn't average many minutes. I, I, I averaged, I think, under two minutes or like around two minutes of ice time per night. So um, I wouldn't have fought me if I was on the other team unless I was playing the same amount of minutes, but you know what I mean? Like you gotta be kind of stupid to fight me or you gotta be very mad at me to fight me. So that's what I tried to do. You know, I knew that I wasn't gonna play many minutes and I knew that my role was to fight. And I was out to prove to people that I can fight these big dogs. Now it was about how do I get these big dogs to fight me? Cause I remember my first regular season game was actually um, two seasons ago. I played one game. And it was against Jacksonville. I tried to fight Travis Howe and he was kind of like, who are you? And I was giving it to him, give it to him, but he didn't want to fight me. So then I was kind of like, How, I got to make sure guys are fighting me now. Um, I can't take no, like, you know, so that's when I established my pregame routine where I just uh, give it to everyone and anyone that I see on the other team uh, about everything and, and anything, you know, just uh, ruthless stuff. And just just because I needed them to be really, really mad at me um, so that when I do get a shift, whenever it may be, uh, they were fucking really out to get me. Um, so yeah, no, I love it too. I think it fires me up. Like when I start chirping guys, it fires me up because they give it back and blah, 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 et cetera. It's uh, it's part of the job that I really enjoy. And, uh, I think it's something about, uh, the side of mental toughness, uh, that I like to, uh, kind of see. How mentally weak or mentally tough my uh, the people that I'm playing against are. I find it kind of funny. I find it like sometimes you'll say something to someone and they'll snap, and then I'll be thinking in my head like, "Wow, like he's mentally weak," you know. And then I'll then I'll tell him that I'll be like, "You're mentally," weak, you know. Yeah. And I'll tell him that, but it's uh, I don't know. For me, it's like I like to read a lot, and I I I, I consider myself like a person that studies stoicism, like kind of philosophy. And I find like everything gets back to that. Like I'm always learning from things from other guys. Like when I'm chirping a guy, I'm learning how they react. So like I never react that way. Like when guys chirp me, I try to just as if I didn't hear it, you know, because if it doesn't get to you, like he doesn't, as long as he doesn't feel like he's getting to you, then he doesn't feel like he's doing his job. If you let me know I'm getting to you and you let me know basically, hey, good job, you're doing your job, then I'm going to fucking keep coming at you. You know what I mean, right? So yeah, no, I love I love that shit.
0: Yeah, it's almost like uh, like blood in the water with a bunch of sharks. Once you once you know it, kind of gets to them. You just keep poking at it and poking at it. and They're gonna snap and really get under their skin. Um, well, you know, before before we kind of dive more in, you kind of brought up your uh, you know you kind of your pregame routine. You were actually wearing a shirt that says Blatchman's pregame skate tracker. I know you wanted to give a couple shout-outs before uh yeah before we I get going. To give a
1: Shout out to, to Big Korean Joe out in uh, South Carolina. He was a Stingrays fan. And he made me this shirt, uh, <laughs> pre-game pregame up. or uh, what does it say? Skate tracker. Skate <laughs> tracker. Yeah. And just uh, the red line warm up And uh, he made this shirt for me. I know you got one. Uh, I gave them to a couple people. And I just want to say I really appreciate that because for a fan to not only take the time but invest money into making a shirt like this, like, about me and for me and i uh it's i appreciate it so much so i wanted to give big korean joe a shout out those people over there in south carolina um like they have some serious fans over there and i really appreciated all of them
0: yeah for sure um and i know you wanted to give another shout out so you have a buddy who actually started a uh almost like a a it 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 dehydrates you, but it hydrates you at the same time. And it's a drink called Vodkite. And tell us a little bit more about that real quick.
1: So this drink, it's called Vodkite. It's uh, vodka with electrolytes made with uh, premium coconut water. So my buddy started this company. He's a former hockey player. And uh, me and some friends down here started a hockey league two years ago called the SoFlo 3v3 Hockey League. We have basically uh, all the best guys that grew up in Florida that train in Florida, too. Um, and there's like a lot of NHL guys in the league now. So uh, vodka, they sponsored the league um, and they're helping us out big time. So I wanted to give them a shout out. It's also an unreal drink uh, for those that like to drink and get after it. Uh, vodka and electrolytes tastes like a vodka Gatorade. So, yeah, I just wanted to give that shout out. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah,
0: no, no, no worries, man. Yeah, I really, I'm curious to see how that tastes. That's got to be a, a very unique drink. I've heard of vodka and Gatorade before, um, but I kind of really put the two together. So that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I'll get one for you. Yeah, that'd be great, dude. Um, sure. So you know, you actually end up in South Carolina, and you, I mean, like I said, you dove right into the deep end, man. You go straight for Josh Thrower, um, Kyle Marino, and Travis Howe off the rip, man. Uh, take us through that thrower fight
1: thrower fight was good. I, uh, I, I like those guys. I respect them. Uh, they, they fight. They fight heavies. They are heavies. Um, I think it was a good fight. He, before the fight, was telling me, uh, if you switch to your left, I'm going to catch you, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, because he had definitely watched the fight before. So then, honestly, I was a little hesitant to switch to my left. But mid-fight, I was like, fuck this guy. And I switched to my left. And, uh, no, it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. I think uh, that one ended. I just kind of dragged him down. But, no, no, he's a tough kid. It was a good fight. I would have loved to fight him again. But, uh, I don't know. Never happened.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both uh, Josh and Dalton Thrower. Uh, they were definitely on what my a radar. a
1: last name, too, to be doing this.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what people were saying. Like, anytime their fights come up, they're like, oh, that's the perfect name for a fighter. And it's like, it really is, man. Um, yeah, before before I really got into the ECHL this year, I was going through all the box, or not box scores, but, you know, checking PIM stats, everything. The Thrower brothers are definitely on my radar. So I became became a huge fan of the Thrower bros this season. Um, another guy you fought and I was, I was wishing we would see more of him, but he got called up to the AHL a lot this season, but that was Kyle Marino and you fought him. I think you guys were out in Idaho for that one.
1: Yeah, we were in Idaho.
0: Yeah. So how, how, um, did, how was it fighting him, man?
1: That was awesome for me because getting him to fight me was kind of, uh, uh, it shocked me a little bit because he plays a lot of minutes. He, he was on their second line. I think he plays power play. He scored like two goals but what happened was I was chirping him all warm up like I always do. And during the game from the bench, et cetera. And then when he was out there, I was able to lay a big hit. So then he challenged me and obviously I said, (laughs) it was a good fight. Like him, I would have loved to fight him again too, because like, if I had known, like I watched all his fights now, he's a very active fighter right off the start. And, uh, which is fine. I was able to switch and I think I got a couple in, but, uh, uh I think he got the upper hand there but he's very active in the beginning he's a strong kid but he's a straight righty you know um I don't think I've seen him switch to his left so I don't know for me it's like when I fight straight righties like no matter how much power you have I feel like I have an advantage over you because I could switch but yeah he he definitely got the upper hand on that one but he's a he's a big boy and he's a tough kid and he's had great fights in the AHL as well so yeah,
0: yeah, and that fight looked like you guys were kind of talking back and forth in the penalty box, and kind of like you know, you know, good fight or whatever. Um, I think you might have gave him a thumbs up or like a head nod or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was. A, I mean, I, I like Marino. I wouldn't say I know too too much of him, but looking at his uh, at his stuff this year, uh, I definitely went back and watched his AHL stuff, and I think actually him and Newber fought in the AHL, which is kind of cool. Um, but I you think know, he's
1: a great player as yeah.
0: well. Yeah, for sure.
1: I think he can bring a lot to a team because uh, he's a tough kid and he also plays big minutes. So I think he's a
0: good player. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to this guy. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to see the wars he had with Colin Newber this year. Of course, they went four rounds and it was like, you know, ten, might as well have been 10 rounds with how long the fights are. But you actually had a uh, a pregame scuffle that went viral. Spitting Chicklets covered it. Um, a bunch of other pages. That's one of my most popular videos on the YouTube channel. And I think after, I, I'd, I'd have to go back and check, but I know at one point after adding up the views and totals, I mean, it was at like 4.2 million views, which is fucking insane for an East Coast League uh, video. And you kind of got into it with warm, or in warm-ups with Travis Howe. What, uh, what kind of brought that on?
1: So that's actually really funny because uh, before this game, I had fought him the last time he played and he beat me. It was, yeah, it was my worst fight of the year for sure. Um, but before this game, I had a talk with the president and the coaches in South Carolina. And they they asked me, they said, Nico, please, uh, no warm up shenanigans. Like, just shoot a couple pucks, like, warm up your body and get off. Like, so i was like okay yeah no problem that's what you guys want me to do so i was like okay no warm-up shenanigans so i was like kind of further from the red line than i usually am but like still kind of there whatever and then he starts stretching like really close like on the red line and i'm like what the fuck you know like the coaches just told me not to do anything so he's like kind of like very close to the red line right And then he gets on the red line. So then I kind of start skating by taking like fake slap shots, like fake slap shots, skating by whatever. And then that's when he like goes all the way over. So then I go to, uh, so then I go like to get a puck to shoot it at him. And then I go to shoot the first puck and it hits a guy on my team. Like (laughs) and I'm like, fuck. So I go to get another puck or then I, then I like spear him or something skate by go to get another puck like to try to shoot it and like i go to shoot like head high it stays on the ice like after my blade was broken and that was like the biggest chirp that i got online is like if you're gonna shoot a puck at a guy like whatever <laughs> so yeah that was tough but then i literally at one point like i'm just go up there i'm like dude what the fuck are you doing like get get out of here like what the fuck are you doing he's like what are you gonna do i'm like dude you want to fight right now like it's a 20 game sussy like you want to go right now you can't just wait till the puck drops and he's just like you're a fucking bitch blah blah and i was like dude i'll go you again like on the ice like puck drops i'll go you again he's like oh you're not worth it i'm like then why the fuck are you doing this like get on your side then you know (laughs) And then, like, friend came over, and everyone came over, and I was just like, "Dude, are we doing this? Like, are, like, what are you doing? <laughs> are we doing this? Like, and in the back of my head is like the coaches and the president, like they're gonna kill me, you know? And uh, so, whatever, a couple, like, then at one point, I just like punched him, and then he punched me back, and like he was bleeding, and I was chirping him about it, whatever, and then. I go straight into the coach's room after. I'm like, Coach, Coach, I swear to God, it wasn't me. Like, me. Like, he's like, what happened? I was like, It wasn't me. Like, he was on the ride. He's like, Okay, don't worry about, blah, 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 whatever. And then during the game, like, I tried to fight him, but he didn't want to fight. I don't know. It was super weird. Um, I never seen anything like it. Like, for me, like, if I knew it was gonna go viral like this, like, maybe I would have just dropped my gloves or something because i feel like i looked a bit soft but at the same time it's like we just fought the game before like i'm down to fight him again in the game it's like what like i'm all for craziness but like at the same time like that's a bit of a clown show um even for my standards so i was just like man this is i i don't know i didn't even i was just kind of like what the fuck the whole time (laughs) you know (laughs) like what are you doing
0: oh yeah um well, I want to give a shout out to Harry Roundtree. I'll always mention him anytime I bring this clip up because he was he was the one who sent that to me and allowed me to post it to YouTube. So I guess everybody can thank Harry Roundtree for recording that video for us. Um, and uh, I had no clue it was going to get that big at all. I like I posted on Twitter and it fucking took off. And it was like I think Bizinet retweeted it. And then the spit and chicklets got on it. I was like, Holy shit. And I like looked the next day and it was like seven hundred thousand views. I was like, That's fucking nuts. But um well you mentioned. And the worst
1: part was the worst part was that people were like, Did these guys fight? And someone's like, Yeah and then they showed the video, but it <laughs> yeah. was before and it was such a bad fight for me. So it was <laughs> tough. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't want to go again. Um He beat me. So it's like, why not? And that's what I was saying is like, dude, why not dummy me again? Like if you're so confident. So I don't know. I don't know what goes through guys' minds like that. Like if, if, for example, like my best fight, like Leonard, if he would have wanted to go me again, I would have been like, dude, of course, like that's a fucking free win for me. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was going through his head then. I have no idea. I
0: would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned it because I had people. People were like, "Why don't they just drop the fucking gloves?" And I said, "Well, I guarantee there's a suspension already coming from this, which I think you both ended up getting two games for it." And you mentioned it. Which so if you start a fight in pregame, it's twenty. Is it twenty games in the coast?
1: No, I just said that's what I assume. Oh I'm yeah, sure I'm sure it's something big like that for sure. We got two games for that and. It was the most, uh, yeah, we got two games for that. I mean, two games is not bad. I had like 16 uh, this past year, so <laughs> a lot of suspensions, but it is what it is. Like, that that one was just ridiculous. Obviously, I hated that suspension. I was, it was super unnecessary. That whole thing was unnecessary. But like you said, it got a lot of views, so whatever.
0: I think that was the one I broke the news to. You. I because like, I, I, of course, at the end of the day, uh, after work and I'm scrolling through, I'll look at like ECHL news and, um, like roster updates and our uh, what's it called? Transactions. And I was like, Oh, fun. I think I texted you. I was like, fucking a, they gave you two games for that. You're like, wait a minute. I got suspended. <laughs> and I, I got fucking, you didn't even know you got suspended. I do. I, I sat there. I let the cat out of the bag for you. That was funny
1: um yeah i had no idea i didn't think i was getting suspended but i guess i guess like that's like a common trend because like there was another thing that i didn't think i was getting suspended and i ended up getting like six games so yeah i don't know like i guess i'm i'm not the guy to ask if i'm suspended or not um but to the the funny thing about that suspension is like We had a game against Orlando right after, and I was allowed to play. I just wasn't allowed to play the two games against Jackson. Right. And I ended up getting my first assist in that game, my only point of the year in that game. So (laughs) I was grateful (laughs) that they let me play that game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, so with, you know, you brought up suspensions, and this is kind of a, a touchy situation that happened this year. Um, but your biggest suspension came from when you, you hopped off the bench coming to defense of Jordan Subban on your team, uh, with the whole Panetta thing, you know, what what was kind of, uh, I guess like take us through that situation there.
1: Um, for me, I just saw like a scrum, whatever, like always. And then, uh, I don't know, Suby was trying to go this guy. And then when I saw that, um, what his gesture uh it really like for me i saw it and i didn't need to hear anyone or say anything in my head i was like oh that was racist um and i just jumped off the bench and i and i fed the guy um it was was, there's a lot to it too like two days before that happened uh one of my best friends Boko imama um also was uh someone did a racist gesture to him two two days prior to this so with that in my mind um and then i saw it and i really my judgment to this day like i was like that was racist so yeah i don't know that's that for me like i jumped off the bench and i did what i thought was right and uh yeah i got a six game suspension um you know yeah people's uh, opinions since then have changed like my opinion won't change on the moment from when I saw it. Um, I don't think like that means that that kid's a terrible kid. Um, You know, maybe it was just an idiotic moment at the time. Um, But for me, that shit's unacceptable. And if I can do something about it, um, then I'm going to do something about it every time I see that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it was just like an in the moment thing. I saw it, I interpreted it that way and I did what I thought um i had to do it was really just instinctual it was all instinctual and uh yeah no wouldn't change a thing but yeah it was all instinctual it was a crazy moment it was crazy uh, a lot of emotions emotions were high um but yeah that's something for me that if i can do something about it i don't let that slide so um i mean whatever you know like i would never want something like that to happen to me um like I said too, like, I had a friend that it happened to him the day or two days prior, and I know how, how it affects people. It's really, it really hurts. It really hurts people when you do shit like that, like when you do things like that, you really, really, really strike people like right in the heart. And, um, for me, it was like, I saw my really good friend and teammate, um, I saw that happen to him and I thought it was unacceptable. So yeah, that's, uh, that, that. that's, that's how I interpreted it.
0: No, it's uh, I get it, man. And um, you know, I, I did an episode covering it and kind of just um, I, I'm not going to sit here and give my stance on it because you know, if, if, if I say one thing, people are going to be mad at me. If I say the other thing, people are going to be mad at me. I basically just did a, a neutral ground and analyze the whole situation. And like I said, at the end of the day, did, was it a racial gesture? Possibly. We won't know. But if it was, he had everything he had coming to. And I, I wish he, he gave him another another black eye because I, I had to give a laugh when he was uh, reading off the um, the apology letter or, you know, the statement, and he's uh, reading it off. And he got the black eye going there. It's like, yeah, that's courtesy of Nico Blatchman there. Um, but, I, I mean, either way, I think it's great. You know, yeah, you came off the bench, but who gives a shit? You're coming to the defense of your teammate um and you, you can't ask for much more on a on a hockey team for for a guy to do that because you don't see that much today I think the last time anybody in the NHL came off the bench for a fight was when like Goddard came off to defend uh the goalie when it was like the whole Pittsburgh and uh, New York Islander brawl going on so it um you know it's it is what it is and I guess that's all we'll, we'll really say about it but um yeah, yeah but it, I'm
1: I'm 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 glad you asked that just because I wanted to get it out there that um, like for me, like from what I saw and how I reacted, like that's what I thought at the time. So there's a lot of people were giving um, Suby shit for like, Hey, you interpreted that way. It's your fault. Like, nah, he's not the only one that interpreted it that way. So I just want to back him up there.
0: Well, and what I said about it too, was like, if he interpreted that way, okay, I, you know, it sucks, but I'm sure he's probably had to deal with that shit his entire life, too, you know, because people are just racist assholes. So you can't blame him for being quick on the trigger. If it was a tough man gesture, it did look like, you know, a racial gesture at the same time as well. So you can't really be mad at him for flipping the switch and just getting pissed off because he's probably had to deal with that shit his whole life. And he's probably just thinking, you know, oh, here we go, another fucking asshole. And, you know, go after it. So, um, like I said, if if it was a racial gesture, I wish he'd get filled the fuck in even more so um you know
1: yeah and and the truth is like i i i think you know i know what i saw you know he knows what he saw you know that guy knows what he did um at the end of the day like the only one that will really know deep down is the kid that did it so you know i hope it wasn't you know i hope it wasn't and i hope it was a misinterpretation by everyone um but that's how i interpreted it at the time at the time
0: yeah, no, I mean, I don't blame, like you said, I don't blame you. Um, and again, like you said, tensions were already high with uh, Boko Imama getting the gesture two days prior, which I had, I didn't even know that happened until um, somebody posted. It's like, this is two two gestures in like, you know, a week's time span. I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know that went on. Um, so, like you said, tensions were already high. But, um, yeah, like you said, hopefully he, uh, you know, it wasn't racist. But, you know, I guess, like you said, at the end of the day, we won't know. So, um yeah. I guess we'll, we'll leave it at that, but moving on, you know, take it. You mentioned it earlier, but take us through that fight with Travis. Howe. you said that was one of your worst ones of the year. And, um, you know, I, I, for one, I don't give a shit if a guy wins or loses a fight at the end of the day, if you have the balls to drop the gloves and throw down in front of fans, you have all the, you got all my respect in the world. Uh, whatever that means is a couch jockey sitting here in North Carolina, um, watching games and, you know, going through fight clips. But at the same time, you know, uh, sometimes you win some sometimes you lose some and you know kind of take us through that fight that you had with uh with Travis Howe
1: yeah so that fight I uh watched his clips and stuff I was ready to go I had visualized it um with my helmet on so I was going here ready to let him punch the back of my helmet hurt his hand a little bit switch hopefully catch him and then right before like so we drop our gloves and right before we get close he takes his helmet off so then I'm like, oh, and then I take my helmet off. But then I fought the same fight that I was like going in that I planned to fight. So instead of getting those to the back of the helmet, I got them to the back of the head and it hurts a lot more. So <laughs> I felt those like I got I, like I got a hammer to the back of the head and then I get down. I'm like, Oosh, and I get I go to get back up and I just feel another hammer, boom, the back of my head. And then uh, I went down and when I went to get back up then the refs already separated but uh yeah it was a really it was not a good fight for me but i wish i could have fought him again because like i said to you before the pod like if i could have fought him again i would have done things differently and i would have uh done a lot better for sure um but it is what it is uh (laughs) he's he's a he's a tough kid like he's been doing this for a while in this league and he fights all the heavies and he is a heavy he's like probably 240 so he's a big he's a big boy and uh, yeah I'll eat that loss
0: <laughs> yeah for sure actually I did a poll in I think it was one of the ECHL groups and um, Instagram and YouTube and I said who do you think is the league heavyweight and you know by people but the people's champ was Travis Howe everybody voted him as the top dog in the league so um...
1: but I'll go him again if he's allowed back in the league next year I'll definitely go him again I'll get my rematch a couple times.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see what, I, I'm curious to see what happens, and I'm hoping uh, you get that rematch with Travis Howe there, and, um, you know, we'll see, we'll I'd like to see how you approach it, and, you know, the different mentality you have going into that fight, but, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Travis Howe, so the uh, the next fight you actually had, I was there for that, you could hear me drunken, or, I don't know, was I drunk? Maybe I was, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, most of the time in the Everblades games, I think I've mentioned it before, um, the only time – I should say the only time, but, like, every time they'd fight, I'd always be, like, half in the bag pregaming with Tommy out in the fucking parking lot. So I'm already – at that point going in, I'm, like, 12 beers deep. And then knowing Tommy, we always got to go up to uh, Breakaways, a little sports pub at, Ever, at the Everblades Arena. Tommy's big on his tequila, so we're doing tequila shots and shit. But um, – oh, yeah, just being fucking stupid. But uh, you actually fought Kyle Newber and you were actually roommates with him at the beginning of the season when you were with Florida. Um, how was it fighting Kyle?
1: He's a beauty, that guy. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's a great fighter. He's a vet. For me, it was like when I played against the Everblades, I didn't want to, like, the way I chirp is very ruthless, and I didn't want to do that to those guys. So I really just only chirped, like, there was two guys at that time. I don't even remember their names. There were two guys that were new guys. So I was just giving it to them, giving it to them. And um, yeah, I think the game was getting chippy. And at one point, like I went to the bench, I started giving it to those guys and Nuber came over or something. And like, I was like, should we just go to calm it down? And he's like, I think we have to. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then off the draw, it was like, And when we drop our mitts, I heard something after he told me, he said, I love you kid. When he dropped his mitts, (laughs) I didn't hear it. I was like, what did you say? Because when we dropped our mitts, he said something. I'm like, what, what? And I didn't hear you. And then, uh, we fought whatever. And then, you know, he beat me. Uh, it was a good, it was whatever, but he beat me. And then he's just like, are you good? I'm like, yeah. And then that was the end of it. And, uh, it was all good it was all in good spirits like he's my boy he's he's still one of my friends and like I go back to the Everblades now and uh, support them their Kelly Cup run uh game three tonight let's go blades and uh yeah I always go support them and stuff because it's an, an hour and a half away and I always hang out with noobs he's he's an awesome he's an awesome guy he's a great guy to chat with too he's an interesting cat
0: yeah, for sure. I'm hoping to get him on the podcast after the season ends. Uh, I wish like hell they'd put him in for the playoffs, but I know it's uh, like I think like we got going. the Everblades are just a fucking stacked roster, man. So it's like you know who do, who do I you know. take out for for Newber? So it's tough. Um, but yeah, I remember that fight. Well, one, my wife was like freaking out. She's like, well, I don't know who to cheer for it because you know we've been <laughs> fans fans of you before uh, when you were with Florida. And she's like, I can't do it. It's like, it's like watching my kids fight. I'm like, well, Newber's older than us. What are you talking about? (laughs) And, um, so she's like, I don't know who to cheer for. And I was like, fuck, I don't really know who to cheer for. I was like, they're just going to fucking, they're, they're going though. Cause I think Perkovich had got into it with somebody off the draw right before that. And then, yeah, it was Holmstrom. And then once you two lined up next to each other, um, and for whatever reason, it's like they couldn't get the time right at the arena, and so it was like being delayed. And like, like you know, you and Noobs are both doing the fucking glove wiggle. I'm like, oh fuck, they're going, they're going, and oh, of course, gloves drop are going ape shit. But yeah, that was a great fight, and um, like Noober beat you, but I don't think by much. It was, it was like a slight edge. It wasn't like a, a beat down or anything like that. But it was a great fight, and you know, I love that you were still giving it to the crowd afterwards, uh, going down the tunnel because um, I think you had a cut like right behind your head or whatever. Um, and I think Newber went off too, or it might, it might've been at the end of the period. I can't remember. It was his hands. His That's hands what it was. Were... That's what it was. Um, and yeah, so you're still giving it to the crowd, but what a great fight that was. And that was, that was awesome to see live. And it was funny because my father-in-law was, they were, they were going to come down for a game. And actually it was, uh, your fight with Ortabody is the one we got to see live, uh, when I brought the father-in-law down. And they just had to change the schedule. I said, if there's a game you want to go to, I said, Nico's fucking playing this game. I guarantee you some shit's gonna happen. You got to come to this one. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we're gonna come down. And then like a week before, they changed it and they <laughs> they came down when the, when Florida played Orlando and Orlando doesn't really have that that kind of established heavyweight. Um, they got Alexi, but I don't know if I'd put him in the same category as Newber. But Alexi's a tough motherfucker too. Dude's been doing it for years. He even played a, a few games in the NHL, but. Yeah, he was like, he was like, man, I should have came down for that fight. I could have seen Nico because it was like he didn't know the Everblades roster, obviously, but he knew your name because I kept hy- I, I was hyping you up the entire time. So um, he missed out on that one. But yeah, that was a that was a solid fight. And um, you know, <laughs> I love you, kid. That was fun. That's fucking funny. That was funny. Yeah, um that's fine. He's a good dude. Good well, I dude. I gotta say, man, and this was I think almost like a turning point for you because this is when you really ramped it up, and I think this is when you really kind of found your your stride. And, you know, you started fighting guys and doing, doing a lot better. Um, Your next fight actually was versus uh, Steve Leonard. And that was a really good one at Center Ice. Um, I think you were actually in South Carolina. I think it was like EMT night or first responder night or something like that. Uh, You had like the specialty jersey, but take us through that fight with Leonard there.
1: Yeah. Best fight of my career. Um, He wanted to fight me. I knew that he, um, I mean, I, I look at them, he's smaller than me. I was like. No problem. Um, he was also chirping a lot, which is why it kind of got me excited for the fight. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was chirping like crazy, chirping everyone. And just, like, I didn't think he was actually going to fight me. I really thought he was going to back out. So, but off the draw, I was like, we're, we're going. And he said, yeah, we dropped our mitts. And, like, uh, for me, like, after fighting those guys, like you said, like, Newber, how. All these guys, like fighting a guy like this, it was like, I was just super comfortable. And yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was my best fight. I mean, I started righty, I landed two, and I felt really confident. And then when I switched, he just kind of hang on with both his arms. So I knew he wasn't throwing, and then I was just... uh, just lefty going and uh yeah seemed like i landed everything in that fight seemed like everything went well it was just one of those where everything clicks for you and uh yeah 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 that was that was awesome (laughs) that was
0: awesome (laughs) yeah for sure man and i mean once you had that left hand going it was like almost like the lawnmower you know you just it's like nothing stopping it and it was just it was like holy shit because i think um i think brian had messaged me brian's another everblades fan he's like holy shit did you just see nico's fight and we were getting ready to go somewhere. I think we might have been going to an Everblades game or something, or out to dinner. And I was like, my wife and I were about to leave. I'm like, hold on, I got to go to Flow Sports real quick. And I like rewinded, and I was like, holy shit, he beat the fucking doors off him. Um, so that that was a, that was a great fight for sure. Um, you know, so after that, well, after that was actually I think when the uh, whole Panetta thing went down. But the the next fight you had, which I actually didn't see that they credited you with a fight versus him, but um. You ended up going Kyle Rhodes, and then you ended up going uh, Noah Corson in the same game there. But going with Noah Corson is used loosely here, but you ended up kind of just giving him a a quick right to the face as the linesmen were kind of stepping in or He was beaking you while you were going to the box. But take us through that there out in uh, Norfolk. Or no, that was in South Carolina. Excuse me. It was in
1: South Carolina. It was against Norfolk. Um, There was a huge hit. And I didn't see the hit. I was on the bench. It was, there was a, I just heard a huge thing and I looked down and one of our good players is like hurting on the ice. So I started yelling for someone to come off. And then as I'm yelling, like some, someone change. Then I'm yelling down the bench at the same time, like, who was it? And then I'm yelling, <laughs> someone fucking change. And then I'm yelling, who was it? You know? And finally someone changes and I didn't hear like who it was. So I just went up to the first guy I seen, and it was Rhodes, and I cross-checked him, and he dropped his mitts. So then I was like, oh, it was him. So I dropped my mitts, and I fought him, and I did well. And then, uh, yeah, just go to their bench, point, whatever. And Corson just comes like, you think you're tough? And then I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I grab him. And I like, I, I think I swung one and then the ref's like, Hey, hey hey and then he stayed there. And he said, again, like, you think you're tough or something like, like that. And then I just, uh, threw an uppercut and I caught him really good. And then I got slashed and whatever. It was crazy, but that's the game that I thought like, Oh, someone texted me, how many games do you get? And I said, I don't think I'm getting any or maybe one. And I got six. So.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that one was a bit i thought that was excessive because i i was like man well course just doing his job to be a pest because that's what he's out there to do and i i, I love noah Corson because he's a fucking asshole um and i mentioned that with uh or and, and me Collins. too
1: by the way me too i i'm a fan of uh Corson's game i think he does a great job at what he does uh he gets under people's skins he's small but he'll go anyone i fought him like four times in junior um yeah i think he's a good
0: player really he's really effective yeah for sure and you know i was like man he's going up to, gotta to nico. stay away
1: he's got to stay away from my right though yeah
0: i was like man he's going up to nico right after a fight i was like nico's already jacked to the gills because he just won versus Rhodes. and i was like once i saw the clip i was like well i mean i i, I don't think he was going up to or he, like i i said in a, one of the comments i was like well uh, I don't think Nico's there to play patty cake with chorus. And so he kind of had it coming, I guess, but you know, I
1: mean, at that point with the amount of adrenaline that you have, like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's happening every time
0: <laughs> for sure. Um Well, the last fight you had this season was against the Everblades and it was against Russell Jordan, who is was uh, another, another guy who's uh, not shy from dropping the gloves. He had, um, I think 5 or 6 fights at least this year for the Everblades before he ended up going to Iowa and that's where he fought Collins but uh during that fight you actually sat there and I haven't I haven't seen something like this since like John Morasti or some shit man where mid fight you sat there and you pointed at the Everblades bench uh you know take us through that fight with Russell Jordan man
1: so for me um I loved playing for the Everblades and uh it was a big hit when I ended up um, getting released there. And then I got picked up from South, for South by South Carolina. and <clears throat> Everything was great. But I found, I don't know, I thought I had mixed feelings about them kind of like getting rid of me and then picking up Russell Jordan, you know, because it was like, well, why why'd you get rid of me type of thing? I don't know. It was it was an ego thing. You know, you can never let your ego get in the way. But I kind of had that I had that little ego thing in the back of my head where I felt like they got this guy to replace me and they thought that he could do better than me type of thing. And I wanted to show that I disagree. So in the warm up I remember like I was chirping him and chirping him and, uh, uh, he had scored the game before and I saw the goal and it was like a rebound goal. So I said something like, you think you're too good to talk to me because you got a shitty goal, etc." And I remember, uh, one of the coaches said something like he'll go you if you get out there and uh if you get on the ice and I said uh something like if you ever played me as much as you play this guy now like I'd be a point per game or something so we were we were really like <laughs> chirping in the warm-up and stuff but he was kind of like eh, you know so I didn't think he was gonna go but I was really giving it to him in the game and uh finally he said yeah let's go and I don't know why I let it get to me so much that I thought that they got him to replace me, but it was just like in my head in the moment while I was fighting. So I, as I was fighting him, I was kind of winning the fight and uh, he had punched me a couple of times and I, I didn't, I, I didn't think they were as strong as they were going to be. So I was like, I can eat some, to fucking do this so i remember pointing at them and seeing and saying like this is what you got now <laughs> this is what you got now and then uh when i finished the fight it was just all emotion you know like i love those guys i love all the players on the team and i love the coaches But i was just remember pointing at them and screaming like that's what you got now ha You know like uh, (laughs) very very emotional it was probably like my most emotional fight of the year just because for me um i was just out to prove people this year that like i can do things that they think that i can't and it was one of those things where i felt really loved with the everblades but i also feel like at the end of the day there's a reason why they let me go and it's maybe because of some doubt that I can do this. And I wanted to make sure that I got my message across, that not only can I do this, but I can do this to the guys that you try to replace me with even, you know? So it was just something like that. Like I took it kind of personal, where it, it was like, when I got released, I was like, I understand Newber's your guy. And then they got this guy. And I was just kind of like, eh, I don't love the move. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted to li- really let them know. And, um, i fucking love those guys though like i think they're great coaches and i love the guys on the team there too it was nothing like it was just me letting my ego get to me um but it ended up being a pretty funny clip as well
0: oh yeah for sure like i said i haven't seen anything like that since like john morasty days or like even like i think it was like the lnh when they would used to do that shit Circle like 2005 um so no that was a really really cool clip to see and uh you know yeah i think you got the better of jordan in that fight and then you go to the box and you're flexing and still talking to the bench it was a, it was a fun time um but so that kind of wraps up your 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 year in terms of fighting man uh you actually like i said you are tied as the league leader uh what are your plans in the off season this year get better get better um
1: so my official off season started about 10 days ago, which means uh, locked in. I wake up at 6 a.m. every morning. Uh, I do my whole morning routine and uh, get better every day, get better every day. That's my plan. Right now, I'm really working on my game. I'm really working on my skating. I have a skating coach now, which I've never had, working on my edges. And I'm um, trying to build my legs, get my legs stronger, build speed and um just try to become a more effective player so that I can be a, uh, a dual, a double threat. You know, I want to, I want to build my game, become a better player and be effective, but also, um, be able to fight when I need to, or, or when I want to, you know? So for me, like the fighting thing, like, I feel like it's just a natural passion where, uh, I love it. I'll fight anyone and I want to win. I want to get better at fighting. But at the end of the day, like, uh, I find that's easier for me. So I really want to just work on my game and, uh, try to become a better player, um, as much as possible. I mean, I have five months now, so five months is, uh, is a, a lot of time to, uh, to really improve and work on my game. So I'm really excited. I mean, I already got the ball rolling. I'm skating four times a week right now, which is kind of unheard of being five months away from camp. But. I fucking love this game. I want to get better. I want to try to make a real impact next year. Like, this season, uh, you know, my goal was to play in the league. Like, next season, like, my goal is to really play in the league. I mean, you know what I mean? So, this season, it was – I got to make a little name for myself by fighting or whatever. And um, now, hopefully, I can – uh, create an opportunity for myself where I can get the coaches to trust me and trust my game enough to where I can play in uh, more situations. That's really it. Um, it's just about, it's just about finding a way to uh, get better every day and have a better season next season, and then just continue that role. And I think if, uh, if I can manage to do that um, fucking exponential growth, baby, like if you can grow every year and get better every year, then eventually uh, it'll be time to move up. And uh, that's obviously the goal for everyone. Um, And that's obviously my goal. So for me, it's just right now working on my game, becoming a better skater, um, edges and all that, and um, being able to go to camp and prove to uh, the coaches um, of the team that I'm trying out for, signed with that um, I'm a player and uh, I can play.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I think uh, you know, it's a good mindset to have, and like you said, you got your feet wet with the fighting, but now it's time to kind of you know grind it out a bit and start a uh, you know get, you add more value to yourself doing that too. Because if you when you have a guy like you look like a Tom Wilson in the NHL, that's a fucking unicorn, man. A guy who can like sit there and put twenty in a year and fight at the same time. It's like fuck that every team would want that on their team, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I even look at a guy in our league, like we talked about him It's Noah Corson. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he put up a ton of numbers this year. He, uh, he played a lot of minutes and, uh, he did his thing. Um, for me, it's like, I mean, I'm not that little and stuff, but like, if I can do the things, if I can put up numbers like that and play like that and be the guy that fights too, it's like, phew, that's fucking incredible, you know? So i mean that's why i respect the guy i think his role is awesome i think he's got an awesome role and i think he plays it really well so um for me it's like i love my role i love the role that i did this year um i, I just love to um earn more earn more ice time and earn more trust not uh obviously i don't expect it to be given to me so
0: yeah for sure um well before i let you get going man i appreciate you taking the time by the way um you know, so you brought it up that you actually started a, a hockey league down there in South Florida. Uh, you know, kind of take us through that league, man. What's it? What's uh, what's the name of the game? What's it all about?
1: SoFlo 3v3 League. So when I was growing up in Florida, we had some good players. We never really skated together. So when I was like maybe three years ago, me and a couple of buddies were like, we got to start all skating together. Like we're all here. Um, you know, we all kind of had to have the same mindset of I've always said guys that play hockey from Florida or, even any uh, state or place where hockey isn't um, the thing, I find those guys um, love the game more. Like They sacrifice more. They move away from home when they're young. They, they do a lot more. And so the mindset is kind of there where we all just really want to get better. So we started skating together. We did these little 3v3 games. And then the next year, we were like, let's do a league. And we made teams and everything. We would have drafts before every skate. And then the year after, which was last year, we made it official where we had like a real draft, real teams, and we had five teams. And it ended up being a huge turnout because we had the guys that are from Florida, which were like Brandon Duhame, who plays in the NHL for Minnesota, and Andrew Peak for Columbus. And then we started to get guys that train in Florida, like the Svechnikovs and uh, Arthur Kalia for LA, and then. Um, Anthony Duclair and uh, Lomberg from the Panthers joined my team because they say the summer's here and they heard about it. So then the league kind of just blew up and became this this, uh, powerhouse 3v3 league where it's like basically all NHL, AHL, ECHL, and D1 uh, players. And there's around seven guys per team that dress. And we do uh, four games a day of 13 minutes. You play the same team four times. And we do a regular season of like, uh, 48 games. So it's like 12 times. And then we do an all-star game weekend in the middle and playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's super legit, man. Like we have a schedule and everything. And, uh, we, we like I mentioned earlier, Vodkite, um, invested money in it. So we're going to have a lot of social media. We're going to have uh, little YouTube clips coming out, recapping the week after every week. Uh, It'll be really, really, really cool. We're doing some things also with like nonprofit organizations where we're getting some sick kids to come uh, meet the guys, the big, the big dogs that are in the league, obviously, and get things signed, et cetera. So, and we also created a uh, prospects league where we get kids that are 08 to, I think 14 to 18 years old, where we have those kids now. We made a little league for them and they're going to be around, the guys that play in the NHL and us like the bigger dogs and they're going to be able to like learn and be around us which I think is going to be huge for them so really like the, the the reason why we started it was just to be able to get better like play with the best competition in Florida then it became something about just growing the game down here as well while we get to do this um sick league and this will be the first year that it'll be really 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 big because like I mentioned we've had this company of vodka, um, invest in it and, uh, it's helped us a lot. So I'm really looking forward to this year with this league. I think it's, I think it's awesome for, I think we, we get a a little edge here in Florida because we have this league. Um, it helps us stay in game shape. You know, there's hitting there's fighting, there's everything it's, it's regular rules, you know, and it's, uh, it's hard, hardcore hockey. So it's three V three on this uh, 80 foot sheet of ice. And we just go at it. And it's it's unbelievable. It's we, we play, I'd say, two times a week. So then you only really need like one or two other skates a week just to stay on the ice. And then you get that game competition, which is things that other people don't get in the summer. So, yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. I couldn't be more excited.
0: Yeah, that sounds fucking awesome, man. Uh, sounds like you got a lot a lot going on, a lot of good stuff happening down there. Uh fuck I've I've played three on three in beer league, let alone fucking at a competitive level. I was gassed doing that shit. I couldn't imagine playing three on three uh you know, all oh, the yeah. time during a game for what what'd you say, fourteen minutes straight? Fourteen minutes,
1: yeah. Uh three thirteen minutes four games of thirteen That's what it was. minutes. You just you, there's a zam in the middle, but it's a small rink, so the zam's quick and it's a super hot rink because it's in Florida in the summer, you know? Right. So it's super hot in there, like it's it's insane but uh the the games are really gritty they get really they get really intense and it's super cool to see because i think anyone that plays in the nhl is a competitive person that's the only way you can get there so it's cool to see these nhl guys like out there like really getting mad and stuff you know (laughs) when they get scored on and it's just a 3v3 with all the boys and it's awesome man it's a healthy competition that we've created here in south florida and i think I really believe that it's going to be a big thing in the future. It's a big thing now for us, honestly, because it helps us a ton. But, yeah, we're just looking to grow the game down here and uh, just uh, stay in shape over the summer, really continue to get better
0: altogether. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, well, that sounds awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast again and talk some fights and, uh, you know – let us get some insight on the the Travis Howe pregame shenanigans because I know a lot of people were asking about that in the comments, like, what is this whole thing going on about? Uh, all yeah, that you're going to have to, you're have to uh, ask him because – I have no clue what was going on. <laughs> you know, absolutely, man. Hopefully, he comes on the podcast. We'll see you down the line. I'd love to get him on. Uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed uh, not only watching you, but guys like you know Newber, How Collins, all these guys, and it's been awesome to have you have you guys like yourself on the podcast to uh, kind of give insight to. Because before this, man, I, I, you were the first current hockey player I ever interviewed. Um, I never really interviewed guys that were playing today because I one I just didn't know about the ECHL. So it was all guys who retired. I mean, like probably the latest dude I had was maybe like 2012. Um, Something like that was when they retired. So um, it's been cool. And it's been a lot of fun getting into the ECHL this year. And uh, you know, with guys like yourself, making it fun to watch. So I appreciate that, man.
1: I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm honored to be the first one. Hopefully by the end of your podcasting career, I'll be, uh, the the guest that comes on the most,
0: yeah, for sure, man. I definitely want, like fuck. We, like we went on for almost probably like an hour before we even got going here. So just sitting here bullshit and waiting for the waiting for the wife to get home. So that was a that was a good time, man. Anytime you want to come on, you just let me know and we'll fucking make it happen. Fucking rights. Fucking rights. So we'll get
1: a couple episodes while I'm in the ECHL, a couple when I'm in the AHL, and then a couple when I'm in the NHL.
0: Yeah, just got to make sure you don't big time me when you make it to the NHL. You're like, who the fuck is this dude? Five for fighting. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no chance. I'm always the same guy. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it, Nico. Thank you so much for coming on. You gotta time, fight! Have a good one.
1: You got it!